Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret's just-arrived collection of swim and other sun-ready silhouettes. Pack your bags with new styles from the Very Sexy Collection, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra, in on-trend hues like green and citron and black shine. Rewind to the future with the VS Archives Swim Collection, inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. Plus, mix and match with their wide range of bikini tops and bottoms to find your dream suit. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. Called the largest art theft in the country's history by the journal Canadian Art in 2019, the Skylight Caper, as it's been nicknamed, was a major news event in its own right. But it was just one of several major news stories to occur over the Labor Day weekend of 1972 in Montreal, Canada. And it got a little bit lost in the shuffle. On Friday that weekend, three men were refused entry to Montreal's Wagon Wheel, a country and western bar, and in retaliation, set fire to a rear staircase. The blaze ultimately consumed the building and killed 37 people. The next day, Canada lost the opening game of the 1972 Summit Series to the Soviet Union at the Montreal Forum, and hockey was all that the media and really almost everyone could talk about. The 72 hockey series has since been called the greatest event in Canadian sports. By the time the skylight caper unfolded in the early morning hours on Monday, Canada was immersed in the games, and internationally, 
attention was focused on the unfolding Munich Olympics hostage crisis. And what went down was an art heist that left dozens of paintings and objects missing. And most still are today. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. One of the world's greatest unsolved art thefts, which included Delacroix, Rubens, and Rembrandt, happened in Montreal, Quebec, Canada in 1972. Seventeen paintings remain missing, and the cat burglars behind the incident have never been apprehended. This story sounds a lot like a Hollywood script. Just after midnight on September 4th, under the cover of darkness, a man wearing climbing spurs, you know, the kind that are used by telephone linemen, scaled one of the trees on the property between the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts and the Church of St. Andrew and St. Paul, gaining access to the museum's roof. He lowered a construction cruise ladder to two men who were waiting below. The three men then entered the building through the one skylight that was under repair. Its alarm was deliberately disarmed for construction. They rappelled through the skylight with 50-foot or 15-meter fixed nylon ropes into the galleries of the museum's second floor. Catherine Schofield Sesgin, contributor to the Association for Research into Crimes Against Art, said what we are all thinking, quote, it was a very cinematic theft. On the second floor of the museum, the thieves, donning ski masks, spent roughly 30 minutes or so gathering paintings and other objects before they encountered a security guard, crossing paths with them either in or nearby the kitchen. The thieves were armed. At least one had a 12-gauge shotgun, and another may have had a revolver. One thief fired a warning shot from that shotgun into the ceiling, not really to cause harm, but as an indication of who was in charge here. The two other night guards on duty heard the gunfire, and though they responded, they were overwhelmed. Security staff were bound, gagged, and locked in a lecture hall on the first floor. The guards later described to police that the thieves were two men with longish hair wearing ski masks and armed with guns. One spoke French and another spoke English. They heard the voice of a third man who also spoke French, though they never saw him. Police never recovered the shotgun or revolver that were said to have been at the scene. The thieves had planned to exit the museum through the same skylight that they had entered, and they had actually MacGyvered quite an elaborate pulley system to hoist the artworks up to the roof so that they could then take them away. But they ultimately gave up on this pulley plan, instead collecting the artworks and other items at the museum's loading dock to escape in the museum's small cargo van. But when one of the men triggered the alarm while exiting the side entrance of the museum, the trio just decided to leave with whatever they could carry. They fled on foot with 18 paintings and 39 smaller pieces, mainly jewelry, down Sherbrooke Street. Among the paintings were works by Corot, Courbet, Delacroix, Bruegel the Elder, Rubens, and a Rembrandt that was then valued at $1 million. Among the objects were two 17th century Spanish pendants, and an 18th-century gold watch that had once been owned by Montreal's first mayor, Jacques Viger. It's reported it took the museum guards about an hour to free themselves after the thieves left, at which point they contacted... Well, no, they did not contact the police. They contacted the highest-ranking available member of the museum's staff that they could think of. 
the then-curator Ruth Jackson, who then instructed them to contact the police. Jackson was among the first museum staff at the scene of the crime and reports she found the gallery ransacked. Shattered display cases, torn backings, and many hundred-year-old frames cracked to pieces. There was a stack of about 20 paintings left behind, which contained a Picasso, an El Greco, two Goyas, a Renoir, and another Rembrandt. We talk a lot about the masters and their works, but museum officials noted that thieves did also select works from lesser-known artists and works from more obscure collections. Those paintings had value that would be considered more academic or historic in nature rather than obvious. Jackson later told the Montreal Gazette, quote, With what they'd proposed to remove, it was just like they meant a general clear-out of the museum. News of the robbery and the names of the stolen works were printed in newspapers across North America, and eventually around the world. Museum spokesperson at the time, Bill Banty, told the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, or CBC, quote, they were discriminating thieves and had a fairly good idea of what they were looking for. The thieves got away with these 18 paintings. Number one, landscape with vehicles and cattle. This painting, which was subsequently recovered during ransom negotiations, had been attributed to Jan Bruegel the Elder, but was later determined to have been the work of his students. We're going to talk a little bit more about this one in a minute. Two, Landscape with Buildings and Wagon by Jan Bruegel the Elder. Three, La Reveuse à la Fontaine, or The Dreamer at the Fountain by Jean-Baptiste Camille Corot. Four, Jeune Femme Accudée sur la Bras Gauche, or Young Girl Leaning on Her Left Arm, by Jean-Baptiste Camille Corot. Five, Landscape with Rocks and Stream, by Gustave Courbet. Six, Head, by Honoré Daumier. Seven, Lioness and Lion in a Cave, by Eugène Delacroix. Eight, The Sorceress, by Narcisse Virgilio Diaz de la Peña. 9. Portrait of Brigadier General Sir Thomas Fletcher by Thomas Gainsborough. 10. Vanitas Still Life with Books, a Globe, a Skull, a Violin, and a Fan by Jan David Zundahim. 11. Still Life with a Fish by Jan David Zundahim. 12. La Baratteuse or Young Woman Churning by Jean-François Millet. 13. Portrait of Madame Millet by Jean-François Millet. 14. Portrait of a Man possibly a self-portrait by Giovanni Battista Piazzetta. 15, Landscape with Cottages by Rembrandt von Rijn. 16, Head of a Young Man by Peter Paul Rubens. 17, Portrait of a Lady by Françoise-André Vincent. 18, Portrait of a Man by Françoise-André Vincent. Police later concluded that the works on this list were all small enough to be easily stacked together for a quick getaway. And the same could not be said for the pile of art that had been left behind. This all made sense knowing that the thieves fled on foot and fast. Montreal investigators contacted Interpol, as well as the Art Dealers Association and the International Art Registry, to help in the investigation and art recovery process. Customs officials at border checkpoints were also alerted to be on the watch for the stolen works. Investigators initially stated they were looking for at least one suspect, a man between the age of 35 and 40. There really wasn't a lot of information to work with, but they did broaden their search details to include three men, two of whom were approximately five foot six and had long hair, and two of whom spoke French while the third spoke English. And that was it. 
Those were the details. We're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. And when we're back, we'll answer the question, just how did those thieves know which skylight to enter? Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their Brilliant Eye Brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie, and it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's thrivecosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. This episode is brought to you by Simply Safe. Listen, you listen to true crime podcasts. You know that the world can be dangerous and unpredictable and that there will unfortunately be people who want to hurt each other. And so it's kind of nice to get a little peace of mind by having a good home security system. Just take a few precautions. And I recommend looking at Simply Safe Home Security. I've had my home broken into in the past and it was a terrible feeling, even though nothing that bad really happened. Aside from an intruder, I just really like knowing that I have a security setup that lets me check in on my pets when I'm not home. That is a huge peace of mind giver when I am out traveling. Simply Safe sent me a whole home security system, and I was really, really impressed by the variety of indoor and outdoor cameras they offer. And the whole thing is backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Get 20% off any new Simply Safe system when you sign up for Fast Protect Monitoring. Just visit simplysafe.com slash criminalia. That's simplysafe, S-I-M-P-L-I-S-A-F-E dot com slash criminalia. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. 
Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about what happened when the alleged thieves tried to collect ransom. The 1972 art heist wasn't actually the first time thieves targeted the Montreal Museum of Fine Arts. In 1933, a man removed a dozen paintings from the gallery space through an open bathroom window, eventually holding the works for ransom. We've seen that bathroom window business before. You know, there are clear patterns evolving here. In 1960, thieves were foiled while trying to rob a Vincent van Gogh exhibit. More recently, in 2011, two artifacts were stolen from the museum's permanent collection. In broad daylight. In fact, it happened during visiting hours on the anniversary of the 1972 crime. One of those two pieces, a fragment of a Persian bas-relief dating from the 5th century BCE, was recovered by the Sûreté de Québec in Edmonton three years later. The second piece, a Roman marble statuette dating from the 1st century CE, has never been recovered. As their investigation began, authorities were suspicious how the thieves knew there was one skylight with a deactivated alarm. And investigators considered the possibility the theft was actually an inside job. However, after interviewing museum staff, they determined this to be inconclusive. Plus, would someone from the inside have tripped an alarm, they wondered? Many museum employees reported they'd seen, in the weeks preceding the theft, men sitting on folding chairs on the rooftop of an adjacent building, smoking cigarettes and apparently watching the museum's renovations very closely. What followed the heist was a series of seemingly arbitrary yet related events. Not long after the theft, someone claiming responsibility for it directed museum officials to go to a payphone outside McGill University's Roddick Gates, where they could expect to find a discarded cigarette package on the ground. Officials did, as this tip told them, and Inside that package, they found a pendant, which was one of the stolen items. Then, in late October of 1972, museum officials received a brown envelope labeled Port of Montreal. The contents were photos of the missing paintings, with a requested ransom of $500,000 for both paintings and objects. In correspondence with the alleged thieves, which happened through phone calls and mail, the director of the museum suggested returning one of the taken paintings as a sign of good faith. A painting was selected, landscape with vehicles and cattle, which was at the time 
attributed to Jan Bruegel the Elder. It was returned by those who'd taken it, left in a locker at Central Station, unharmed as part of the act of good faith during negotiations. When inspected upon its recovery, though, experts found, well, they uncovered a few problems. The painting and the signature were inconsistent with Bruegel, the artist the piece had been attributed to since it was painted in the mid-1600s. The work was determined to be misattributed, and that means it was determined unlikely by museum experts to have been painted by this great master. It was instead concluded to be a copy of the original, painted by students in Bruegel's workshop. Did the thieves know that the painting they returned in a show of good faith was actually a fake? That we will never know. The museum did not pay the ransom, and the thieves continued to bargain. They dropped their price, though, from half a million to $250,000. Instead, the museum requested another show of good faith. They wanted another painting. Using an undercover officer, police carried on and attempted to exchange cash for another of the missing paintings. But an unexpected and unrelated appearance of a squad car near the scene where they were supposed to make this exchange put a stop to the handoff. In that moment, that show of good faith fell apart, and the alleged thieves called museum officials the next morning, claiming that the whole thing had been a trap and a police setup. There were alleged plans for a secret meeting between museum officials and the thieves, but in the end, whether that meeting happened or not, because after all, it was a secret, Nothing more was recovered from this heist, and no one was arrested for the matter. Communication ceased shortly after the Bruegel debacle. A last apparent effort to exchange artwork for cash came in the summer of 1973, when an anonymous caller contacted the museum offering information that could lead to the missing paintings in exchange for $10,000. So, they followed this lead. An insurance adjuster contracted on behalf of the museum went on what became really a 14-hour wild goose chase across the city. They followed tips from payphone to payphone before finally being instructed to drop the payout under a sign in a vacant lot in Laval, a suburb of Montreal. But the whole thing was bullshit, actually, and the paintings were never recovered. And this seems to have been really the final recovery effort, or at least the final one that gained any news coverage. Within days of the heist, the Montreal Gazette reported that there was, in fact, actually a second art heist that had taken place that same week, as $50,000 worth of paintings were stolen from the summer home of Agnes Meldrum, who ran a successful trucking and storage business in the city. Authorities tried to link that event to the same thieves. Both were said to have involved three armed men, two who spoke French and a third who spoke English. At the Meldrum crime scene, ropes were also used, here to scale a 600-foot cliff from a waiting motorboat on the Lake of Two Mountains in order to gain access to the home. Ultimately, though police noted similarities between the crimes, they considered these circumstances to be coincidental. We are now going to take a break for a word from our sponsor, and when we're back, we will talk about one theory that art students may have been involved in the heist. Trip. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Escape to summer with Victoria's Secret. Pack your bags with just-arrived swim, cover-ups, corset tops, and other sexy silhouettes. When the sun goes down, opt for bold and blingy styles, like the made-to-be-seen Very Sexy Push-Up Bra from the Very Sexy Collection, in on-trend hues like Black Shine, Green, and Citron. For a glam statement, pair them with your favorite jeans and bring the heat. Because life is better in a bikini. Rewind to the future with the VS Archive Swim Collection inspired by Victoria's Secret's classic looks from the 90s and early 2000s. For endless out-of-office options, mix and match with Victoria's Secret's wide range of bikini tops and bottoms that offer you every type of coverage, from full to cheeky to minimal. And now, in this season's must-have shades and patterns, add the finishing touch with the limited-edition Bombshell Escape fragrance, a free-spirited take on the iconic Victoria's Secret scent. Dive into a vibrant blend of juicy guava, lush palms, and summer glow peony. Shop now at your closest Victoria's Secret store or online at victoriasecret.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's meet the Columbo of the art world, a man named Alain Lacourcière, who may have gotten the closest to solving this cold case. Advice for thieves that we've seen again and again this season is lay low for a few years if you've nicked some high-profile works. They need to cool off before they're transported or they're sold. 
Two items, one of two stolen burgles and a pendant, were returned to the museum during the initial ransom negotiations, all within weeks of the crime. But 50 years later, nothing else has resurfaced. Nothing has been inadvertently brought to auction. Nothing has been intercepted or discovered during police raid at the home of some criminal kingpin. There are still no leads, and still no one has been implicated in the theft. Evidence, little there ever was, was reportedly improperly stored and has degraded over time as well. And the museum's insurers settled the claim, which means the paintings aren't museum property anymore. Technically, if they were to be returned, they would belong to Lloyd's. But not everyone has given up on this case. Alain Le Cursier is today an art appraiser, but is a former art investigator for Montreal and Quebec police forces. He's known as the Columbo of art for his successful efforts in investigating other cold case art thefts in Quebec. And he took on the skylight caper as something of a pet project during the 1990s. Every solid lead or theory that authorities had in the 1970s fell apart, and Alain has gone on record with his frustrations over the sloppy way with which the investigation was initially handled. Early in the investigation, police put some of their focus on the possibility that the theft was committed by art students, and they surveilled five students for just shy of two weeks before they gave up on the lead. Alain, decades later, picked up that lead and began looking into students who were at the École des Beaux-Arts in the 1970s, and I apologize for what I just did to the name of that school, the Fine Arts Institute in Montreal. Elaine ultimately, like those before him, could not crack this case, but he did develop some interesting theories about what may have happened. About 30 years after the theft, Elaine struck up a conversation with a man he would come to nickname Smith, a man who was an art student in Montreal at the time of the heist. Smith was not one of the five suspects initially surveilled by police, though he liked to hint he may have been one of them. Smith was interesting because he knew details of the crime that had never been made public. Smith also seemed to have come into a considerable amount of money shortly after graduating from school and had become an art collector. Elaine's always maintained that, in his gut, he knows Smith had to have been involved, somehow. But Smith, though he may have teased otherwise, always denied any involvement. And now, we'll never know, because Smith passed away in 2017 or 2018. The museum, as we mentioned earlier, settled with insurers, and with part of the payout in 1975, purchased Rubens' The Leopards. In a show of extraordinary bad luck, though, and adding insult to injury, a conservationist who examined the painting after its purchase determined that it, like that Bruegel's landscape with vehicles and cattle before it, was not what it seemed to be. Leo Rosandler, the museum's deputy director in 1975, is quoted as saying, Fake is a harsh word, but the painting is not by the person who was said to have painted it, but probably by his studio. The work was not by Rubens, but by his apprentices, and it has not been exhibited since. A subsequent review of the museum's files on the stolen paintings, as reported in the Journal of Art Crime in 2011, revealed that there had been doubts about the authenticity or the attribution of seven paintings in the museum's possession. 
And it couldn't be blamed on the heist or sleight-of-hand knockoffs returned in so-called good faith by thieves. In some cases, the records dated back to at least six years before these thefts even took place. It's reported that the estimated value of most of the missing pieces has dramatically increased since 1972. In particular, the Rembrandt, which some art experts and dealers believe could be worth as much as 20 times more than it was when it went missing. Today, though there is limited interest among a limited group to continue this investigation, the theft is, for all intents and purposes, a cold case. On the 50th anniversary of the heist in 2022, spokesperson Anique de Repentigny of the Montreal Police Department, when asked for comment about the unsolved theft, stated that the case is still considered open, but offered no further comment. Stated Maude Bellon, media relations officer for the museum, quote, Any artwork's theft is a tragedy as it deprives society of the benefits of art and knowledge. Of course, we would love to have them back. Unfortunately, we do not have any new information. This one makes me sad because it was just early enough in history that there were not a lot of great photographs of these paintings. So for some of them, it's, what did that look like? Mm, their descriptions are their black and whites. Right. Let me draw you a quick little piece that you can compare it to. I know, like, we did a show earlier in the season where I believe it was considered the first art theft, and it was pirates, which makes sense. But it's not like you're alarming anything in the 1500s. Like, that doesn't really happen until centuries later, and then sometimes not at all. Uh, tip up a little heist hooch to the guys who seem to have gotten away. I'm ready for heist hooch, but you have to make a deal with me where you won't be pedantic about the time of day this heist took place. We know we know. I love my daytime heist. <laughs> this one will have daytime lighting, not nighttime. You know, it came up on our last episode, but this one is so intense. The whole skylight maneuver. And yeah. so I wanted to make a drink inspired by a skylight entry. <laughs> That's fantastic. I can't wait to see what this is. And this one is called Skylight, and you'll see that it references the sky. It's a pretty easy drink to put together. There is a little trick in execution, but I will give you my trick on how to do it, and I am not particularly graceful in this regard, so if I can do it, I think probably most people can as well. This starts with a very simple base to the drink. It is three quarters of an ounce of limoncello, and then you're going to pour that over ice into like a rocks glass and then top it with ginger ale. You pour in that ginger ale second, you kind of get them to mix on their own. You don't have to do a whole lot of work. Then into a shaker, you're going to combine a half ounce of blue curacao, three quarters of an ounce of vodka, and you're going to give that a dry shake, meaning it doesn't have ice in it. You just want to combine those two things so that you thin out the blue curacao a little bit because we're going to do a floater. I feel we have not done this in a while. We haven't. And the thing is, right, we talked about it many moons ago, but if you're going to try to float any liquid on top of another liquid, the one on top has to be a lower density or it will just fall to the bottom. And blue curacao, because it is so syrupy and it has that sugar content, is heavy. That's why we're mixing it with vodka to thin it out and make it a little bit like lighter in its volume. So then you're going to take, here's the trick. You need a bar spoon with one of those flat bottoms at the end. Do you know what I mean? 
Some of them have the teardrop shape, and some of them have just like literally, it sits on a little disc. And those are your friends because that disc will allow you to pour your mixture of blue curacao and vodka down the spirally shape of the spoon and onto that little disc. And then it floats out over the top of the rest of the drink and it doesn't drop to the bottom. And you get a really beautiful blue stripe across the top of your beverage. And it looks very pretty, and it makes you think of the sky. Now, I will say to drink it, this is a presentation thing. You probably want to mix it first because (laughs) all your spirit's sitting on top, right? But it looks pretty right up until the moment that you do. Yes, I have definitely been with people who don't realize that sometimes you got to mix in a floater. Like on classic Mai Tais, sometimes they'll have that dark rum floated on top. And if you just sip that, you're in trouble. It doesn't it's not great. <laughs> I don't like to mix them together. I do, and I will, but I like the presentation. The visual is nice. Yeah. The visual is nice. I will say with this one, the nice thing is when you mix them together, it's still quite a pretty color. Good. <laughs> that's one thing. <laughs> so that's the skylight. The good thing about the skylight is that it's really easy to do a non-alcoholic version here. Also, I should mention, when you do your ginger ale for this one, You know how I always go, oh, I like a low sugar ginger ale. Not for this. You want the ginger ale to have that sugar and density so it makes it easier to float something on top of it. There's no way. Who are you? It's like Holly's been possessed. I know, right? I've been possessed by sugary ginger ale. By sugary ginger ale. Because there is enough sugar in that ginger ale and you're using two liqueurs, I don't feel like you need to add any sweetener to this. And there's plenty of citrus, so you don't need a citrus thing. It's pretty easy to do this this simple thing. So for the non-alcoholic version, I would just toss a little bit of lemon juice into your ginger ale. And then we've mentioned it on the show before. You can get a non-alcoholic blue curacao syrup. I can get it in my grocery store. And I live in a place where you can't have hard liquor in the grocery store. So I feel like if our store has it, almost anyone could get it pretty easily. I do not have easy access to most foods in most grocery stores. I'm much more rural than you are, but I guarantee you it would only take me two to three days to get that online. And at that point, you can just thin that out with a little bit of water if you want, or you can do a little bit of lemon juice with it if you want. You just want to thin it out so that it like I said, is a lower density than that ginger ale base. And then you're you're all set. It's a very refreshing sip in either version because it is so citrusy and bright. And like citrus plus ginger ale is just always going to be kind of a yummy, easy breezy combo. Delicious. And we're calling that the skylight. Skylight. <laughs> Please do not drink it and then repel 50 feet into the gallery. Just don't like, repel <laughs> 50 feet into a gallery. Into I think anything, is a good rule probably, of thumb. Yeah. We hope that you have enjoyed us not getting into trouble at all today and that you maybe enjoy these little sips if you give them a try and that you will come back and hang out with us again next week where we will have more fun criminalia and more bavrage time for you. is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. 
With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.